sunglasses. You look like a baller. Bam, we're live. What do you mean, look like one? You are a baller. <laughs> Thank you. Will. What's up? Your hair is flat today? I guess so, yeah, a little flat. Is that because it's getting long? No, actually, I've been too lazy to buy a hairbrush. I've just been using a comb, so I think it may have changed the... Wait a second. You use a comb? Well, let's dive into this for a while. (laughs) Just because I didn't have a hairbrush. I think when I was uh, when I was in college, I was the last. Like I think when I like basically just stopped showering and just went to the beach every day. Stopped wearing shoes. I I I don't think I've brushed my hair, combed my hair ever since I've been in my twenties. How old are you? Twenty-two. Oh, maybe I maybe uh, I hadn't quite. Probably like twenty-five last time I brushed my hair. So I switched to my fingers and never went back. You know what I mean? Like if I'm I've always had hair, the issue. I just push it over. Yeah, I do that too at, at the end. But I've always had the issue of like when I towel dry my hair, it gets super puffy, and so then I'm like, well, it's either going to be a hairball or I got to do something. Oh yeah. Any advice? I, um, did you used to carry? I used to carry a brush in my back pocket. I didn't do that. <laughs> what are you laughing at, Caleb? <laughs> I can just imagine you wearing jeans i guess like sagged just just above your ass crack no with- no no dickhead i'm 49 that wasn't around yet <laughs> oh okay <laughs> i wore i would wear corduroys or something and i'd have a brush in my bet in my pocket and i had really poofy like 80s hair like, my, next guess, like my next yes. guess was corduroys my next guess was corduroys yes my dad had the poofy hair and he car- he told me he carried one of those picks because he had like an afro so he carried a pick in his back pocket how old's your dad uh 54 Damn. It's crazy. It's crazy that you could be my son. <laughs> crazy. Hey, uh, at the um I heard at the uh fights last night they were chanting, Let's go Brandon for Brandon Moreno. They were. That's dope. It was pretty great. There and Joe Rogan pointed out he says they're appropriately chanting, Let's go Brandon this time. Hey, they could never do that. Hey um before before we start in and let Brian just completely take over the show and talk about CrossFit, I want to tell you, anyone who's sending me like football stuff, stuff, stop. Like I I see that organization as just Jew hating, black hating, homophobic, racist scumbags. Stop sending me anything from the NFL. I think they're a vile organization. They're they're. So you want uh, you want NBA? No, yeah, right. <laughs> oh my god, it, it's just the worst. Like, how, like, how could you support them at all? At all? It's like finding out your favorite Super Bowl team is being. I mean, <laughs> I can't. I hope that someday everyone starts thinking clearly, like they realize what they've been doing. Like, like, what have you found out? Just for example, like the stuff you know, like that's like the stuff that you were spraying on on, on cracks to kill weeds, right? Let's say you found out that like really like you knew that that was poison and you knew you were spraying it in the cracks on your driveway and you knew it was killing weeds and you realized that you gave everyone in your family cancer. Then at some point, are you like, no shit? How did I not know that if it's killing the weeds, it's obviously probably killing the people. And why did you call those plants weeds? I mean, like just some like clarity and levels of thinking. And uh, and, and, and it's going to be bizarre if that ever happens. Or, or maybe there's a heaven and a hell, and you guys die and just get ass raped by Satan for the rest of your life. That, I mean, that would suck. But woo! Hopefully. All right, sorry. Uh, hey, dude, the season is among us. 
Well, that's something we'll talk about. This Wadapalooza amateur shit is over, and the CrossFit Games are here. <laughs> Starting with an amazing community event called the Open, which let's not forget was only really created because there were too many people trying to get to the games, and so that that it forced there there to be a a need for levels. And first there were sectionals, and then eventually Greg said, "Hey, this isn't scalable," and he said, "Let's use this technology of computers and stuff." And we should also keep ex- that exact thing you said in mind about the scalability for later on. Okay. And so then you make they, a note so you don't forget. Oh yes, thank you. Scalability thank semifinals. You. Thank you, thank you. Isn't that weird? You have to you have it, it's so see how deep that is, you guys. Not only does you have to remind me of what to say later, but he has to remind me to take a note on what to say later. There's levels to that shit. And if I was really falling behind, he'd be like, Sevon, pick your hands up out of your pockets, put them on your keyboard and type. But I like it. Um, scalability. Ladies and gentlemen, if you do not like the show today, there's two people you can blame. I'm trying a new coffee. I'm trying a new coffee. And Brian Friend. Because this show is uh, – <laughs> I'm leaning on him completely for the show. I beg him to um, come on and talk about game shit so that I can leverage the power of the community to launch into the stratosphere and become rich off podcasting. And then I use coffee to uh, stimulate my brain. And then I harvest um, young talent like Caleb and Will, uh, Will, the same way the Chinese government harvests kids to make iPhones. Okay. Um, but they have nicer conditions. You see there they have slightly nicer conditions, Will and Caleb. At um, least have one great. couch. I'm pretty sure these are staged rooms. <laughs> they are. <laughs> I'm actually in Ikea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, that's a brilliant idea for a podcast. Hey, I'm going to tell you uh, something that, that I shouldn't tell anyone. I have, I have this idea and I'm going to pursue it. I just I, maybe this weekend when I'm in, when I'll start or this week, I'll start doing it. I want to interview the first hundred people that fucking Joe Rogan um, interviewed. You know, like half of them are himself, right? That's fine. Well, then I'll skip those ones or I'll just <laughs> beg him to come on. But but just I just think that there might be some good mojo, like just plagiarize that shit. Like, what are you doing? I just just following after Joe. Good old Uncle Joe. Uh, you see, Dan Bailey made a coffee called God's Country Coffee. Yeah, it's no, not I bad. Did. I, I did not. And uh, oh, wow. You drank a shitload of that for free at Wadapalooza, Caleb. Fuck Yeah. I got the Dan Bailey special. They gave me a bag of coffee, a shirt, and a picture with Dan Bailey. Seriously? Yeah, no shit. Oh, that's is pretty it, cool. Is it because you you ran up there and said, hey, Dan, I work for the Savon Podcast. Can I have free coffee? <laughs> no, I, I didn't say that at all. Hey, um, the rest of you who are buying God's Country, if you're wondering why it's so it's expensive, it's because you're paying for – you're subsidizing the medical team's coffee at Rapalooza. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate your service. Brian, I just listened. I don't know if we have anything to talk about today because I just listened to the Justin Berg interview with Chase Ingram as I rode the assault bike. And um, basically, it's the same as last year. The games are identical to last year, more or less for the elite teams and elite individuals. So whatever happened last year is just happening again, and and uh, except better. They've kept everything the same and then just having people do it better. Oh, hey, well, can I just ask you some basic questions first? And then if you get annoyed with me, just take over and just like start texting me what you want me to ask you. Sure. Okay. What's, what is the pathway to the, to the CrossFit Games? For the individuals, open, quarterfinals, semifinals, 
games. Uh, open quarterfinals, semifinals, games. And um, how many workouts is the open? Three weeks. We can assume four workouts. Uh, we'll come back to that. That that got me out. Like an A and B type thing. <clears throat> last week, last year was the first time it was three weeks, and there were four tests embedded into the three weeks. Okay, uh, and then quarterfinals is how many? There, I think there were five, five okay. tests in the quarterfinals. And these is test like the official vernacular. People, you know, people have a debate about these things. I think that the word event gets used far too loosely. So I never know if they're talking about an event like chaos or an event like Wadapalooza. So I try not to use that. So we have the workouts or the tests and then the competition okay. as a whole. That's like um, when I was at CrossFit, after Greg sold the company, everyone – like I would never heard any of the leadership refer to CrossFitters as athletes. Matt Burns, there is a last chance qualifier. It's technically considered part of semifinals, and we'll talk about it later on. Okay, semifinals. How many workouts in semifinals? <clears throat> uh, semifinal programming, like last year, this year is completely up to the semifinal hosts, and we'll talk about that in a minute. And, and how many are there normally? Six or seven. Your connections uh, is the roughest it's been in a long time, Brian. It is. Yeah, you froze twice already on me. About very minor, very minor. When you freeze, I'll just be like Paper Street Coffee. That's what I'm drinking tonight. They haven't given me any money yet, but that's what I'm drinking tonight. Um, and uh, the you know what's crazy about this sponsor? I go, hey dude, I already drink good good dudes. He's like, I don't even care if you push my coffee. You can just say you drink good dudes. Maybe it's my connection is fucked up. All three of you froze. Um, okay. And then how many events in the games? Like 13 to 16? 12 to 15 generally. Of course. I say 13 to 16. You have to say 12 to 15. Well, I don't think there's ever been 16. So. And, wh- and where, are the, where are the last chance qualifiers? Online. Uh, what about in between? The After semifinals? semifinals before the games. Okay. And do we know if those are happening for sure? <clears throat> They're in the rule book. Okay. All right. What do we know? What's going on? The open has started, right? People can like log in or register, or start dumping their money to uh, Berkshire. You can register for the open already. Yes. And it's the first workout is going to be announced earlier than usual on February 24th. Usually it was 5 p.m. Pacific time. And this year, they're announcing them at 12 p.m. Pacific time. Okay, so something has already changed. Something has already changed. We're just starting right off. I just I just watched that video with Chase. And by the way, I don't rehearse any of this shit with Brian. But I just but I did but he but he said like nothing's going to change. We're going to not nothing. He said it's almost exactly the same. So it's going to be earlier, and it's going to be earlier in 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 the calendar year, and. No. In the Mayan calendar, uh, February twenty fourth. Well, it's that's a that's about when you would have expected it to start. Um, But they've always announced the workouts at five p.m. Pacific time, and this year they're announcing them at noon Pacific time. But they're not. But the submission deadline and the back end hasn't changed, so you actually have a few more hours than usual to do the workouts should you want to. Oh, that's cool. Kind of like Georgia's um, voting laws. It actually helps the people, but someone will complain. Okay. I think they've made that change so that the announcement time is is actually watchable for Europe. So it's not in the middle of the night. Oh, I thought they did it because then the sun would be overhead and they could film 
and cut the budget by not needing as many lights on the at the filming area. But might be one of those things where there's multiple benefits. Right. Okay. So the so the so the open goes on February twenty fourth, twenty fourth. They they make the announcements. What day is that? That's a um, Thursday, same as usual. Okay. And then there's three weeks of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and no, go ahead. You were going to say something. I'll let you ask it. Uh, and then there's three weeks of that, and then from there they pick a chunk of people to go to the quarterfinals. Ten percent per continent to go to the quarterfinals, which will happen two weeks later. Are, and are we happy about this? Um, I'm okay with this. And and how much does it it cost twenty dollars to enter the open? And yeah. how much it, and how much does it cost to enter the quarterfinals? <clears throat> I think it's another I can't remember that. I'm I'm sure it's in the rule book, but it's uh twenty oh fifty dollars. Last year was fifty dollars. Seems fair. It, it, it seems fair. <laughs> I remember because I got I got a sponsor to pay for my fifty dollar entry fee. Oh, is money that tight? <laughs> no, someone from the gym offered to sponsor me. It's kind of a joke. Oh, that's really nice. Oh, because you have no chance of going, but they still <laughs> yeah. very nice chance. Okay, so from those ten percent from each continent, based on how many um, people entered. So if the continent was Antarctica and uh, twenty five people, there's no, and- there's no. Uh, Antarctic continent representation. Okay. So if it was Asia and there were 10 people who entered, one of them would go to the quarterfinals. <laughs> Let's just say if a thousand people registered, a hundred would go. Because okay. otherwise the need for the quarterfinals and semifinals becomes futile in your example. Okay. Well, well okay, good. And you're optimistic. You think, you think the Open is going to be big this year? Similar to last year's, my guess. Okay. Um... I don't. Uh, semi and then and then from there, those ten percent. How many of them go to the semifinals? In North America, one hundred twenty men and one hundred twenty women. In Europe, sixty and sixty. Okay. In all other continents, thirty and thirty. And how many other continents are there? Asia, other- Asia, Africa, South Africa, and Oceania. Asia, Africa, and then did you say South Africa? Sorry, sorry, South America. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> South America. What was the last one? Oceania. That's Australia. And New Zealand. Okay. And all the other small island nations that never have anyone representing them there. Like Indonesia? I think that's in Asia. Okay. What do I know? So that's a 120 plus 60 is 180 plus another 120 <clears throat> is 300. That's 300. Men and 300 women. Okay. And are we happy with that? Yep. I'm okay with that. Is it, is it weird that um, Asia, Africa, South America, is, do, do these regions all have the same amount of affiliates? Is that why basically, or I mean, roughly same amount of affiliates like North America has, has twice as many affiliates as Europe. So they get 120. It's not based on affiliates. I think it's based on open registration and i don't think that the number of of spots allotted at semifinals is based on open registration i think it's number of spots at the games so even though those are the numbers that are competing 30 30 30 30 they get different number of representatives at the games that aren't in this same ratio 
yeah, so yeah. So for example, Oceana gets three spots for the men and three for the women, but Africa only gets one and one. Wow, that's a trip. I'm tripping. I must not maybe I'm not thinking about it carefully. Okay, and how many does North America get? They get five from each of their four semifinals. So they get a total of twenty. Uh-huh. And Europe? Europe gets five from each of theirs, so they'll have ten men and ten women at the games. Oceania, I already told you, gets three and three. Asia and South America get two and two, and Africa gets one and one. And it's actually exactly the same for teams. So that's uh, 30, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38 total. And that leaves the last two spots for men and women for the last chance qualifier. And there is no last chance qualifier for teams, so they only get 38. Wow. I thought I had you caught like all fucked up, like you had did something wrong because I knew there was supposed to be 40. Right. But I didn't. Nope, not yet. So, th- so this is the so this is the exact same as last year. That format is the exact same as last year. Okay, and and what has changed? How many? So the open is still three weeks. How many weeks is the quarterfinal or the quarter or the, or the time? To, how many quarterfinals happens over one weekend? Okay, and is that the same as last year? Yep. And do you do we like that? I'm okay with it. And is it is it just immediately after? Does it just go? How? What's the break? Week do three you, ends two weeks later, and then like. Two Thursdays later, the quarterfinals start. Okay. And I think, and, and I know that some athletes wish that it was happening the very next week, but I think, um, you know, there's that, like, you know, the openness that I, I don't know. They, they want, they have the two week window in there just in case they need to do whatever things they need to do on the back end. And I don't think it's that bad because basically for the elite athletes, the open plus the quarterfinals is is like one competitive block is how I would view it. The open is not that challenging for those athletes to advance through. This, the quarterfinals, they need to be a little bit more focused. The old open used to be five weeks. So this is still a five-week time period to get to semifinals, to qualify for semifinals. And it used to be a five-week time period to qualify for regionals. So it makes sense in that, in that regard. Brian, hi. Brian Gamble, how are you, my friend? Sevon did not do his homework, laugh out loud. <laughs> Brian, I'm going to tell you a quick little story here about when I went to Armenia with my dad, and I wanted to interview some people who had lived through the genocide. It actually wasn't Armenia, it was Turkey. And I would ask the people a question, and my dad would answer. And after like 20 minutes of that, I'm like, hey, dude, I you're supposed to translate what they say. And he's like, but I, but I know the answer to your question. I'm like, that's, that's not the point of the interview. The point of the interview is, is to hear it from them. I'm filming them. I'm a, I'm a filmmaker. Like if we could have just stayed at home and I could have just talked to you from the couch while we just drank some Coors Lights. Do you understand what I'm saying, Brian, Brian Gamble? That's as nice as I can fucking be to you, you jackass. Okay. Um, uh, so, okay. So, okay. So that's good. And then, and then we go to the, um, semifinals and, uh, how, how many weeks are those after this one week of quarterfinals? Semifinals this year, uh, start on May 20th. Ooh, I started getting warm when I started getting like, so heated. I started like my head got warm May 20th. Okay. And then how far is that after the quarterfinals? Uh, basically two months. 
Uh, okay. And do we, oh, oh, now we're getting close to the games. Wait, th- there's two months between the. Look, look, the opens February going to be announced on February 24th, March 3rd and March 10th. Okay. The quarterfinals will be announced on March 24th, concluding on March 28th. And then on May 20th starts the first week of semifinals. And do we like that? I think it's okay to have two months between the quarterfinals and semifinals. Yes. Don't we want? Don't we want to just get all this shit over really quick so that the athletes can just start preparing for the game? <clears throat> well, now we're getting to an actually interesting topic. Oh, oh, sorry, Brian. You were right. You were right. <laughs> I, I apologize. You're not a jackass. I'm a jackass. Okay, so yeah, like, so what, what's the plan here? I re- I feel like I remember last year as we got to the. Last chance qualifier, they didn't have much time. Those guys were kind of screwed. And, like, I was really concerned about those people because I remember people like Phil Toon also were already pretty beat up, and then he had to do the last chance qualifier. I'm like, man, if this guy makes it, he's screwed. Okay, so let's – um, we can start here if you want. We can talk about the semifinals and why I think that the announcement that they made this past week is – I'm just not very impressed with it. Okay. Is it different than last year? No, it's not. It's not very much different than last year. But I think there's a much better format for athletes and fans that uh, that this could have been presented in. Okay. And so to the point that you talked about, basically, I don't like that it's f- that the semifinals are four week weeks long. And if you look at the graphic there, you see that the last one ends on June 10th or June June 12th, and then the last chance qualifier actually doesn't start until I think it's right about the start of July. Um, and technically, as I mentioned earlier to uh, that person's question, the last chance qualifiers are considered a part of semifinals. So this qualification process, it, that it actually starts on May 20th, the first day of the first week of semifinals, and the last day of the last chance qualifier is July 1st. So that means that we're going to have, let's just say from May 22nd, the first qualifiers to the CrossFit Games will know that they've qualified on May 22nd, and the last people to qualify for the CrossFit Games won't know that they're qualifying till July 1st. And the gap in that amount of time, to me, is totally unacceptable as an organizing body of this sport at this point. 38 days. Yeah. And, and, and what's the fix? <clears throat> what I would like to see is a two-week-long semifinal period with and no last-chance qualifier. And the and the reason I, I would I would like to still have some spots open for extra spots, um, but not necessarily like like I like the last chance qualifier spot idea because as I've written about a lot this year, not all of the regions I don't think all the regions I shouldn't even say I based on competitive performance in recent history at the games, the distribution of game spots to different regions is not in proportion to their performance and that's okay and I, and the last chance qualifier technically accounts for that so if per my my claim or the data that i've researched suggesting that the european women should get more spots to the games if that was actually the case build the last chance qualifier is the spot for them to prove that and they can just claim those two spots and get the two extra spots that they probably should have had anyway but i think that there can be a better way to do that that um gives everyone that will eventually qualify for the games and equal opportunity to prepare for the games. And I don't know why you wouldn't want to do that on two, two fronts. One is you want to have the, that all the athletes hopefully showing up to the games in their best form. 
And if you give everyone a similar amount of time to prepare for that after qualifying, and I think one week difference is not that significant, but I think over a month difference is drastically significant. Well, it, it would actually be still more than a week. It would change it from uh, 38 days to 24 days. No, no, no. I'm talking about if you only had two weeks of semifinals. Yeah, that's still that only that's only going to take 14 days off of that 38. Then the first qualifier would let's just say they were the first two weeks. Then right. by May 22nd, we'd know half of the qualifiers basically, right. and mm-hmm. by May 29th, we'd know the rest. Right. So half of the field would have qualified on the 22nd and uh, half on the right. 29th. Okay. And so there would have been, let's say you were in the first half, you'd have one additional week of preparation in me, as opposed to if you made it on the 22nd and I didn't find out I made it until July 1st, you've had 38 extra days to start preparing for the same test. It's almost right. an entire okay. cycle of whatever it is you need to get better at. <clears throat> uh, I don't think you're allowed to use that word cycle. Oh, sorry. An- another track. Oh, there you go. There you go. Okay. Um, uh, Brian, real quick. What, um, someone in the comments says, what happened to the Granite Games in the Mac? And maybe they said something else. Am I not looking? Are we not looking at this right? What happened to those? Weren't those before events? That's where Hopper went from? And Yeah, yeah. Well, um, so we can look at the announcement of those here if you want to. But, uh, I mean, yeah, sure. So there are still the, the announced events are Torian Pro, which is the same as last season, Lowlands, which is the same as last season, an unannounced North American semifinal in both weeks one and two. The South African. What, what do you mean by that unannounced? Like we don't know who's going to do it yet. That's what that CrossFit semifinal event is just a placeholder. Yes. And that's what this person, whoever you were just reading their comment, was asking about with okay. regards to the West Coast Classic and Granite Games. We'll talk about that in a second. We see Cape Town on there. That's the same one as last year. And then we get into a couple uh, new ones. Oh, I'm sorry. Weeks one and three have the unannounced semifinals, and the week two has the Mid-Atlantic along with the Cape Town one. In week three, there's the Far East CrossFit Championships along with an unannounced semifinal, and that's um, a new – I think it's – I'm not sure if it's the same direct, directors or not, but it's definitely a rebranding of that competition. So that's, in, m- in many essences, a new competition in Asia. That's going to be in Korea, and we can talk about that in a little while. And then the last week has three, Copa Sur, which is another new competition that's going to be in South America, Strength and Depth, which is new to the semifinal rotation, replacing the German throwdown. We can talk about that. But are you making all these notes when I say that, those things? No, I should be. <laughs> but, <laughs> but Strength and Depth in Korea, were those the two? Yeah, and the unannounced ones, and... Okay. Uh, and the Far East. Oh, that's in Korea. Uh, Wait, I want to. I want to. So sorry. I'm going to bounce back here real quick. As I'm looking at this, I'm thinking about what you were saying before about the space and the duration. Maybe this is just because, like, hey, there has to be some some uh, sharing between what's what's best for the athletes and what's best for the fans. Maybe it's better for the fans and better for the sport that we spread this out so that I can watch for four weeks. Because if you make me watch it in two weeks, I'm not going to get. I'm I'm probably not going to buy in as much. If you, if I, I get to I watch, I strongly it four disagree. Weeks, no, okay. Uh, why? But like, so like, look at if on week one I can watch the Toy and Pro. On week two I can watch this Cape Town one. On week three I can watch uh, Far East Asia, and then week four I can watch Atlas Games. If you put them all in two weeks, two I can't watch two of those. Yeah, well, for, 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 here's for the ease thing. of conversation. Right. So the, I don't think that people are going to want to have to dedicate four or five weekends over a six, seven, eight week period of time to trying to figure out and keep track of everyone who's going through 
from different parts of the world. And there's not like, just to be quite frank, there's not as much interest in, in some of these as the others. So when you look at like week three right now has the far East championships that are going to be taking place in Korea. It's going to be all the Asian athletes. And, you know, just, just as a reminder, last year of the, all of the Asian athletes that qualified, um, the team didn't show up. The women didn't show up. Two of the three men didn't show up. And the one who did show up didn't compete. Because of travel? He withdrew. Variety of different reasons. Part how, of are the, tra- how are travel? Okay, go ahead. We'll come back to that. I'll and, write that. And part of the problem is that some of them qualified late, really late in the qualifying process, and therefore couldn't get everything situated they needed to in the amount of time that was allotted. Which you is mean a, visas. And, you mean visas. Yeah, which to me is another benefit of having those things early, like having a two-week semifinal that finishes before the end of May, and therefore you have two full months if you're an international athlete, especially with how difficult it's become to travel in and out of certain places now to figure that out. Hey, um, where 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 is Roman? Which one does he do? That's the Far East. And you know what? Honestly, I know that Snorri's been working on it this whole year, but if he is unable, if he doesn't have confidence that he'll be able to get to the, to the games if he qualifies this year, I don't think he should compete. Because CrossFit's already shown that they're willing to hold that spot for him at the expense of another athlete. And you know, oh, as boy, much as I don't know if I agree with that. As much as everyone wants to see Roman at the games, I mean I would love to see him there. I think he's a legitimate podium threat. And it, but if he can't get there and he knows it, then I don't think he should he should compete because I want to see a full field. Yeah, but um he needs to uh like keep his name alive, right? He needs to like keep the, the Roman hype alive. Well, <clears throat> this is like, pro- this is potentially another problem that we can be that can solve in the semifinal model that I'm presenting. Because as it is, I think, I'm not certain of this, but I think that they're, well, the last chance qualifier allows for, uh, you know, how they have it now allows for the next missing out spots to get through. But I definitely don't think he should do the last chance qualifier if that's where he ends up again. Because they're not going to backfill from that. That's that's the standard they've established last year. Man, I don't know if I agree with that. You think it's unethical, immoral, uh, bad sportsmanship? No, no. I mean, look. What if his sponsors are paying him money to to to, to qualify? Then he kind of got to. Then I think that CrossFit should make some kind of a ruling and say, "Hey, man, you've you know they should uh, intervene here and say, hey, you've qualified for the games each of the last four years and proven that you cannot make it there. We're not going to hold a game spot for you this year unless you can prove to us with documentation that you can." I and, like that. I like that. It's their yeah. sport. Do what you want. I like that. And there, and therefore, he still, in, in that scenario, he would still have the opportunity to compete and earn the spot and potentially earn prize money from his sponsors for making it. Yeah. But CrossFit's going to, you know, they're going to say, we're going to pass on his spot, even though he would have qualified because he, he hasn't shown that he can get here. I know this is off subject just a little bit, but in the UFC, they'll have like someone there and I don't know if it's the audience, but they got a backup fighter, right? So if some dude like shits his pants, breaks his leg, walk into the stage, whatever. Uh, Brian, you're up, and you get in the ring and fight the dude. Um, do, and Tyler Christopher made a that? Tyler Christopher made a petition for this very thing, and and Rich and guys at Mayhem wrote and and outlined a very detailed thing. They say he's going to be at the games anyway. He would have been the next guy up if Roman can't make it. Can he please compete? And CrossFit said no, and I don't understand why they said no. Hmm. It's interesting. 
I mean, it's there. It's it, the thing. What the cool thing about the sport is they can just do whatever they want. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and look, we should acknowledge in having all the conversations that I'm sure there are things that are being talked about, at, you know, in the back rooms of CrossFit that we don't have access to and we don't understand some of the decision making process. Well, that's because that's because we're not vaccinated. That's why you have to be vaccinated to go into the office. Well, Will could go. But looking at it from out here, but we wouldn't be allowed in. This is this is what I really think about semifinals. I think that semifinals is an opportunity to create a, a lot of excitement around a condensed period of time in the season. That's like they could. I mean, what are the problems with semifinals? Are it's re, I think it's re, you know it's really I don't. I just think it needs to be easier to follow. It needs to be more rewarding for the athletes who actually perform well there than uh, whatever the minimal amount of prize money that they won last year was, and it needs to be a more succinct qualifying process that gets everyone through in the, via the same means and then gives them a similar opportunity to prepare for the next round. Do you think it needs to be easier to, um, to follow in the, in terms of its organization or in terms of its presentation? So kind of both. What, what, I, would, what I would do if I had the, the opportunity to is I would schedule five on the first week and five on the second week, and I would space them out based on time zones as best as I could. So you might have something something like, you know, in week one, you'd have either Australia or Asia. In week two, you'd have, you know, in week one, you'd have Africa and so one of the European regions. So it's basically 24 hours a day during those yeah. times. Yeah, that's Africa cool when it's like and one that, of the yeah. Europeans. Then you'd have the yeah. other European paired with the South America. And then you'd have two of the, like, East Coast North Americans and two of the West Coast North Americans split up. So you get an Oceanic, you know, far East one, one that's either from Asia or Africa, one that's from either Europe or, Europe or Africa. Whatever you guys get the point. So that yeah. the time zones match up. So there's not a lot of overlap. And then you schedule the events in a condensed period of time within each time zone. With the actually the athletes like this. So if you're going to only have two events, like it could be like a Wadapalooza style, where there's two events on Friday, two on Saturday, two on Sunday, and they all happen within four hours. Why do we care what the athletes want or like? I care what the athletes want because I want them to be able to perform the best. And so if they know that they can come Friday night and they're going to compete between six and 9 PM, and then they have 24 hours or 21 hours to prepare and come back on Saturday night and do the same and 20, 18 hours to come back and do it Sunday afternoon, the same, then it's a predictable amount of time where we can actually see them execute workouts, feeling, you know, whatever good, having the chance to sleep, prepare. Like, I don't think that that stuff needs to be tested at the semifinal level. And I want to see, uh, under a uniform set of circumstances, the best 40 athletes get to the games. And now I'm, and when I say right. the best 40 athletes, I am okay with having the mandatory one spot from Africa because I do see the, the buy-in there and I, and I'm, I'm supportive of that. I'm okay with one from one or two from South America. I, at this point, I only think there should be one from Asia. I'm fine with three, even though I think it should be four from Oceania. But what I really think is in this format, the programming should also be the same. The floor layout should be the same so that the digestibility of it's the same. And then at the end of the competition, you can take all the athletes that didn't qualify, rank them against each other like CrossFit used to do in the all-regional scoreboard, and the top two or three, however many last-chance qualifier spots you, you get, just come for straight from that list. Um, can you put that list back up there again? Sorry, Brian. The way my brain works, I know I'm just going back and forth with you. Um, if, if, the, if the semifinals were to happen today – how many of these would have to go straight to online? It's <clears throat> a good question. So, because, well, I, and I'm asking with a bias that we don't want that, right? We don't want that. 
No, we definitely don't want that. And this is one of the things that was most disappointing to me about the announcement of these is, um, for example, the, the really, so here's the thing. Ideally, none, they all happen live. However, in continents like Asia, Africa, Australia, and South America, where there's only one, if it's forced to go online, everyone in that continent has to qualify through the online format. What I do not want to see is something that happened in North America last year, which is where three of the four happen live and one of them is online. First of all, I don't really care about the online competitions because it's completely different. And I don't want people who are good at qualifying from online being, uh, you know, unjustly you, you represented say this, at a really live true? competition. Yes. That's, that's really true. Yes. A hundred percent. Is it true? Okay. Even when they give you the fixed periods of time within to do it, if you're there on the starting line and you're about to start and you have to take a shit, you can say, hold on, hold on. Let me take a shit. And now we're going to start the workout. Pat Vellner didn't have that option in the games, and you never have it in live competition. You start at the time you start, and everyone has to get ready for it at the same time, no matter what. Plus, it's different doing it against the clock or against yourself than it is doing it against someone else. Let me just let me throw one more out there. Did anyone not make it who you think should have made it, It would have made it if it was um, live? Like just pop possibly, in your head. Possibly, like, yes. Pop in your head. Like who? Just throw one name out there. Logan Collins. Okay. Fair enough. And is there anyone? Uh, and I won't ask you the other way because it's, it's just not nice. And I'm a nice person. Um, okay. Uh, so we, let's go back to this. Who right now is country is so fucked up? Is so there's tyrannical. Three. Okay, which ones? Korea. And of course, and but before you say this, of course, there's the there's the three events that we don't even know where they're going to be in North America. Two. And if the, okay, go on. It just looks like there's three because of the way they wrote the Mid-Atlantic one. It looks basically the same as the unannounced ones. Oh, but, but it's not. Okay. But uh, currently, Korea, South Africa, and Canada would be three that give me a red flag in terms of I'm not so sure they'll be able to host live events or that it's practical for all the athletes in that region to travel there and be well prepared to come execute at those live events. And we don't know r- right now. If they can or not, we're not sure. Just the four of us sitting here, just four dudes. I mean, I was uh, sent something when this was announced about the current status of entering and quarantining in Korea, and it looks like there's currently a 10-day quarantine there. The thing, the thing is, if there were no other options available, that would be one thing. Yeah, this is the link to to that, um, and I believe, you know, I think this is currently Wait, where stop, it's the case. Stop there a second. Let me see this. This is current. This is like as of right now. I think so. All transit passengers receive a temperature check on arrival in Korea. Symptomatic individuals will be subjected to a COVID-19 test and hospitalization if found positive. Wow, you go to a hospital if you're found positive? But passengers who do not show symptoms and are test negative may continue their journey. Transit passengers at Seoul Airport require ticket boarding. Pa- uh, transit hotels are available. Okay, so that's not bad. You just you just got to just hope you don't get it on the plane or like get a cold on the plane. You're good to go. Testing on arrival, all four uh, from January 20th, 2022, South Korean requires that the test must have been taken within 40 hours prior to departure. Uh, test must have taken, oh, here we go. The default requirements when entering South Korea is to quarantine, oh, here we go. Quarantine and quarantine exemptions. To quarantine for 10 days at home if you are a resident of South Korea or in a government quarantine facility if you are visiting. Ah, that is a, so, how, Okay. Which countries? Which countries? Can you just name off five countries that are would would 
need to go there. I know it's more than five. From Asia? Yeah. Is that the, all the UAE guys? All those guys too? Uh, yeah. Anyone East? From, yeah, anyone from the Middle East, Russia, obviously, China. South oh, man. Uh, India. Oh, man. Why did they choose there? I don't know. Can we and see so here, well, and here's the thing. So when you're asking why did they choose any of these places, the like the, the thing I can you have to find ask yourself is well, what could they have done instead? And how do we know? And what we know is they could have chosen a place like the UAE because we just saw a competition happen there where people traveled from all over the world and didn't encounter very many problems getting there and were able to compete at a high level. We all know that that can happen in the United States. Now, we know that it can't happen in every state in the United States, which is why the West Coast Classic didn't take place in California last year and the Mid-Atlantic didn't take place in the Washington, D.C. area. They moved to states that were more open and therefore available to, to host a live competition. We've seen this happen in Texas with the Rogue. We've seen it happen in Florida with Wadapalooza. So we know of at least four places in the United States, Tennessee, Las Vegas, Texas, and Florida that can host these competitions. Now, it should be said that Canada is fully deserving of a semifinal, and I think that in any normal year, they should definitely have one semifinal out of the four that are hosted in North America. However, I don't understand why they would choose that as one of the four this year when there's not any real proven evidence of Canada being able to host any live competition yet. And we we have seen Canadians travel to the United States, compete, and do very well but we haven't seen anyone go to Canada and do really anything at all. I heard a rumor that the touring pro is being held in a quarantine camp. I, I heard that also, by the way, I didn't want to spread that, but um, does anyone here know, you know how like you can turn on the TV and, and like anytime you can see like, like I can't go to my, my, my liquor store without being yelled at for not having a mask, but like, you know, a hundred miles away, there's a stadium full of people. That's just the way we're rolling in the United States. Right. Like we, like the games, the, the, the games went on last year. We had the largest boxing match in the history of the United States last year in Dallas, while the rest of the country was locked down 70,000 people in the stadium to watch Canelo fight or was it Houston? Anyway, is, do we know of any events happening in Canada? Like, are there any Canadians listening? Like, can you tell us, do you guys have anything going on? Like, like, is there any, like there's evidence in the United States that big shit's still going on. We just had UFC last night in uh, Anaheim, which is really weird that that happened in uh, California. They have hockey games going on with fans. All right. So that's interesting, right? Matt Burns is saying. So it might, you know, it might be able to happen. I just would, I would, would have liked to have seen CrossFit say something along the lines of, we recognize the excellence of the Canadian uh, CrossFit community, the high-level competitors that they have, and that they have the capacity to and have shown in the past the, the capacity to host high-level competitions. But this year, given the way that things are up there, we're going to, instead of having a, a competition hosted there, we're either going to have four North American competitions or we're going to run the Atlas Games, but we're going to do it in the United States where we know that we can have live competition. So... Just to be clear, we're not – it's more important – the most important thing if there was a hierarchy is to have them live. The destinations don't really matter other than can't um, accessibility. That, that's that's the word for 2022. That's like your kind of your theme. Hey, guys, like if, if all the Chinese people have to do their fucking competition in Texas, so be it. If they can get there, if that's the most accessible place or if the most accessible place is Hawaii or whatever. You want to see accessibility. I think at the very well. I mean, I'm being I, a I bit think even above that, what I want to see is consistency by continent. I think that we can at least strive for that. So, ah, uh, okay. You know, okay. if if Oceania, 
is not able to host any events because of the government <laughs> policies, then they can still run an online competition in Oceana. But there's only one semifinal there, so everyone's doing it that way, and so they go through. What happened in North America last year is some people preferred to have the live competition uh, and, and were not able to get there. CrossFit, based on their rules and decision-making process, denied some people that option. And other people who wanted to compete um, in an online format didn't get it. And so you had this, like, people were trying to, to prefer one or the other based on whatever they think is uh, gives them the best chance to qualify. And I don't think that that should be the case, and I think that it's preventable. I thought you were going to say something else for it to be balanced, that there should be two events. There should be one online and one uh, live, and that the athletes should get to choose which one they go to. But you're just saying just if they're – so basically what you're saying, if I heard you right, if they're going to be online, make them all online. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least by Fair, you're, you, 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 do you believe in fairness? I don't believe in fairness. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Orlando is running up the hill at the 2009 CrossFit Games. Crazy event. Never, really haven't seen that much carnage in a short event ever. May, I mean, maybe we saw it. Yeah, I haven't seen that much carnage ever. And he gets to the top and he's just, just a pile of shit, just hurting. And I go, hey, I put the um, uh, mic in his face. I'm like, do you think these events are fair? Because he was shorter. And he goes, nothing about CrossFit is fair. It's like, oh, that's cool. Brian, how do like North American athletes pick their semifinal? Obviously, some based off where they are located. And then do they talk Great amongst question. each other to see who's going where? Is there any formal <laughs> way of people knowing who's going where to play it out? Yeah, didn't it used to be to, to piggyback on Will? Didn't it used to be like if you're so if you're from Florida, like you got to do like one over there in that corner of the country, and if you're from uh, uh, the Northwest, you got to do one at the BLM Center or, or whatever. Like you, you got to like do your your region. Uh, section four point oh three of this year's rule book explains this in a fairly concise yet not specific manner. For North America and Europe, CrossFit will seed and place the athletes in a semifinal before invitations are sent. CrossFit will make every effort to ensure the seeding process will be fair and equitable. Quarterfinals ranking distribution and the geographical location of athletes will be the primary determining factors for com competition seeding in North America and Europe. Noteworthy here is that last year they also sent out to the athletes in those regions a preference list and they could rank which one they wanted to compete at first, second, third, and fourth. And so my understanding is last year that they used the two things that are listed in the rule book, which was the quarterfinals ranking and the geography, along with the athlete's preference to distribute the athletes according, you know, fairly and equitably to use their language. In the rule book this year, it doesn't include anything about asking the athletes. So I don't know if that's something they're planning to do again or not. It says new next to it, which makes me think that, that maybe they're not going to consider the athlete's preference this year. I think it's funny that in the new section they use the word equitable. No one knows what that word means, by the way. Uh, that's just fucking crazy woke terminology. To ensure the seating process will be fair and equals what they mean. <laughs> but it's nice that they put new so you can go over there and look at look at their bullshit. Okay. So so they've just they have a, 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 what were, what did you say it's concise but not specific? They, they basically have a lot of wiggle room by saying that they're going to try to be fair and equitable. Yeah, and I don't really, uh, I don't really know why that's that's needed at, at all. Uh, what I would do, and I did this last year um, on my own, I just took the 120 men in North America and I ranked them like this: one, two, three, four. 
five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, and just made lists that way. And then after they were made, I did a random draw, and it was list three, mid Atlantic, list two over here, list one here, list four there. Boom! That's how you're distributed. It's based on your performance, and it's your job to get there. Yeah, I like that, uh, Victor. It's a capital F in CrossFit. Let's not see that again. Thank you. All right, uh, okay. go on, Brian. What were we gonna say? So what about those athletes that are like, weren't there a bunch of athletes last year that had to travel like crazy miles just to get to their semifinal? Or was that, was that just like a one-off? Um, I honestly oh, can't oh, remember oh, specifics. Oh. But. Are you talking about athletes like Tia Claire Toomey who trains in North America, but would need to compete in Oceana? Yes. Yeah. Let's talk about that. What, what, what is the rule on that again? Are they going to give wiggle room this year? Do you like that? Does that make sense? I don't think you should have to compete. There's got to like how long does someone have to live here? Is it based on your citizenship, your passport? What's it based on? It's in here somewhere, but I I don't think anything's changed as as far as that's concerned. And again, you know, last year they had. Um, I like they, the wiggle they room had, they gave people last year. By the way, well, I like the fact that they didn't make Tia go back and do all that quarantine shit. That's the cool thing once again about they can do whatever they want. Yeah, and it was a matter of that because there was, I don't think they'd addressed that in the rule book, and then it came to their attention that that was potentially going to be a problem for certain people. So they um, made made a kind of in-season decision about that. But then as a result of that, there were other like fallouts from it, which is now because Tia is competing here, or not just Tia, because anyone who's competing as a what I call the displaced athlete in a different continent, that that semifinal that they're competing in, whether it's only one in the continent or one of four or one of two gets an extra spot in the last chance qualifier, which is again, just only adding unnecessary complication to these things in the format that I'm presenting. Everyone technically has a chance in the last chance qualifier. All you have to do is be the next best two or three of all the people who didn't make it. And guess what? Those are the ones that everyone wants to see at the games. Anyway, that's the least relevant to qualify though, too, right? What? The, the last chance qualifier. It should be our least, our smallest concern. I totally disagree with that. Again, because, um, for example, we know that in, in one of the European semifinals last year, there were five women who made it. And before that semifinal ever happened, I said there are six women who can finish in the top 20 at the games in this semifinal, and only five of them are going to ch- get a chance to go from the semifinal. One will have to go to the last chance qualifier and hope to be able to make it through there. And those five women that made it through to the games all finished 13th or better at the CrossFit Games. And the woman who didn't make it historically outperforms them in live, uh, at least two of the five in live competition. But she didn't get to do any live competitions last year because she had to do open, quarterfinals, semifinals, and last chance qualifier online. Was that Emma Tall? Who was that? That was Karen Frey. And we and didn't she, get to see her compete in Dubai this year because of injury. And, and it's, you know, from, I feel really bad for her. I think she's like, I think she could have been top 10 at the games this year. And we, you know, and yet still no one knows who she is. Wait, but so she didn't qualify at the last chance qualifier. Emma right. Tall beat her. Yeah. Okay. How did she do at the games? Emma Tall. I think she was 19th, 18th, something like that. 20th. 26, I think. No, she made it through the top 20. She? she was in the bottom three of those 20. I know why you said 26, though. Who's 26? Is someone? Sydney McAlishan? Nope. Another young... And Ellie. Ellie. Ellie Turner. Ellie Turner. Yeah, you're good dude, Willie. Same uh, I had a question for you. 
Oh, what about this, Brian? What about like, hey, man, fucking it's crazy. They got the CEO who's out on mad cow disease of the brain. They got their head of the CrossFit Games is out because you can't fucking work with the dude. He's an asshole. No, he can't. He doesn't know how to play nice and collab. You got you got a new, a new CMO that's supposed to be promoting the game. Like they, they got so many fucking changes going on. Like they're just like, all right, let's just keep this. We got so many new moving pieces. Let's just keep everything else kind of the same and everyone just hold tight. We have, you know what I mean? They already have the schematic. They have the venue. Yeah, but this is what I'm the- saying. If you're going to make a big change, and this is the biggest problem I, uh, that I generally have with the change in terms of getting rid of Dave is follow it up with something meaningful. Follow it up with oh. something exciting. And the timing wow. and the back and the, and what happened on the back end of it to me was, was a total letdown. I never, I wasn't we're getting surprised. rid of Dave and we're banning all Latins from the games. <laughs> How's that? How's that for big? Well, South of San Diego, eat a dick. Yeah, I get you. I get you. Hey, you know what? You know what? Swimming's racist. No more swimming. Castro's gone. We got the white dude in. He cares. He's equitable. No swimming at the game. Something big. Something big. Hey, you know what's crazy? Uh, off subject just a tiny bit. Is prior to Dave being fired, I, I would speak to him uh, periodically. And I remember one conversation. He's like, man, oh, man. I'm like, what? He's all, man, Justin is really, really hitting me up for the open workouts. Like every day, like just bugging me, bugging me, bugging me, bugging me, putting a lot of pressure on me. I go, is that, is that, I thought that was normal. He goes, no, no, this is like out of control. This is crazy. This is too much. Something weird's going on. Well, I was listening to that interview. Make sure I got it right in my notes. You got it right. I know where you're going. It's and good. Justin said, just, it, it, I, I, I think it was actually a pretty fair thing. Justin said, uh, Chase said, Hey, how long did you know? How, how long did you know that these changes were coming? And he said, sooner than I wanted to. And I'm not comfortable saying anything more, meaning that whoever the powers that be assuming that, let's just say it's Rosa had told Justin, Hey, that we're going to we're going to kick Dave to the curb, which is kind of crazy. I mean, I, I don't know how you're supposed to do it, but it's kind of crazy to tell because Justin reports directly to Dave and they're telling Justin, Hey, we're going to get rid of Dave. So then it sounds like then Justin was like, Oh shit, I better get those open workouts for him before they kick him to the (laughs) fucking curb. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just making the connection. I got to get TDC on the, uh, you guys just give him a fucking few million bucks and send him on his way so I can have him on the show. That one's going to be huge, huge. Can't wait. God, I hope he does us. What if he does something like Jimmy Kimmel before me? <laughs> that would be, I, I don't know if I'd be mad about that. Oh, I'd rather stop. be Jimmy, J- oh, Jimmy Willie. Fallon though. Jimmy yes. probably yeah. say he's coming Trash. on your show next and then it would just. Oh, that's Dave always has a plan. He'd go on Jimmy Fallon and say, yeah, and no, I'll actually be going on the Savon podcast next week. Oh, that would be good. Uh, Brian, I have a question. Sorry. And I'm derailing you. Who's Heather on the game. Is there a Heather on the games team? I don't know. I don't Heather. Because Justin was talking about in that interview that there's there's a lot of experience and he threw up someone's name with Johnny Mac and then he said Heather and they'll help push they're gonna help keep this shit together and keep rolling down the hill. I know obviously who Johnny Mac is. I was just wondering who Heather is. I'm like, how the fuck do I not know who Heather is? Hmm. She must oh, be a part of the going forward plan. 
say, uh, that's what I'm guessing. I'm guessing it, it felt like it was political. But um, another thing is, is um, Justin said our job is to make it easy to be a fan. I, I mean, I, I, I know, I know, I'm just well, toxic. Well, and you know, I know that not everyone agrees, but I, th- I do think that you could really sell a two-week semifinal with uniform events, with uniform floor, floor layouts. Everyone could understand what they're watching. You don't necessarily have to watch all five of them. You don't have to stay up all night to do it. CrossFit's proven that they can do this before in terms of bringing in whatever team or crew to catch you up on the things that happened while you were sleeping. You can still have the YouTube accessibility, and they can say, if you didn't get to see it, you got to go back and watch Torian Pro Final Heat Men's. It was five athletes, three seconds, coming down to the wire. Or you could just play the clip as you're talking about it, and people could see what they missed. And you still could have it so that the featured uh, semifinals are during you know, prime time hours, so to, say, so to speak. And a, I think a big part of that is the timing, because if you if you watch one of them and then you see the workouts laid out exactly the same, and then you hear the times from later event, you know you can picture it in your head. Oh, they got you know five minutes and forty seconds on that workout I watched with chest bar and thrusters and blah 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 blah. And so it makes some sense to you without having, even having to watch it or having to Burns, watch it. Burns Matt Burns all about the money. So I don't know. I think that it would be more easy to sell a two week package. We're gonna we're gonna have this is like after the besides the games this is the next most the next biggest part of our season right here we're selling it to you in two weeks we're gonna have it on one broadcast station if you want to try to do that I don't know the four weeks things with some of the weeks are there's a lot more interest than others our boy our boy Tyler's throwing rocks at us please please I'm gonna throw in some extra words that he didn't say you guys I just remind please Brian please. <clears throat> I beg of you. The regionals were so, as my son would say, boring. By the last week, watching the same programming was terrible. Well, maybe if it was better programming. What about that? I just disagree. And it's okay. Um, I enjoyed watching different athletes around the world do the, the same workouts and see, you know, I could kind of get a better idea of, of where everyone was at relative to each other moving forward and heading into what I would be hopeful would be another two-month preparation period for the games. Then when there's things for analysts and us to talk about and compare, we don't have all the problems oh, we had last year where certain people had to have had to have the capacity to do deficit strict inch, six-inch strict handstand push-ups on parallettes at one region. And at the other region, they never had to do that. They just had regular kipping handstand push-ups. It's a totally different qualification process. Six events versus seven. Jason, you should know more than anyone how much of an effect one additional event can have and yeah, who Jason. makes it through. We had events like the Granite Games where their long event was really two events that were condensed into one, but we didn't have a long amount of structure ele- element in that, but we did in all the other regions. There was so much inconsistency, and it's so easy for athletes to point and say, I could have done better there than here, but I didn't even get a choice to go there or here. I had to compete online because I live in Canada. I wasn't even given the option, even though I proved that I could be in the United States to do this. And all of these things that everyone's complaining about, just take the variables away. That way we can see who's actually the best with whichever the test is this year. We can get all of those athletes to the games where they're again going to take the same test. They took all the same tests in quarterfinals in the open. Why do we have this one outlier where it's totally random and variable across the entire world? It's not that I don't care about what the athlete – why do you call him Jason and I call him Tyler? What the fuck is I call him Jason when I'm mad at him. Oh, okay. Um, True leadership doesn't give a fuck what anyone thinks, but they take in all the inputs. It's weird. I need to. I need to figure out how to word this properly. Like uh, that was something that Justin said, and you uh, that they're gonna. They're trying to turn. They're trying to build a listening machine. No, no, no. Like 
you shouldn't let them. You shouldn't. Yeah, I need ultimately, to. I'm gonna. I need I to work on that thought a little bit. Go ahead. Go ahead, Caleb. Ultimately, they're the ones making the decision. So they, yes, they have to take all the inputs and everything. But outside, eventually, you just have to say, "I don't give a fuck what you're saying. This is the decision I want to make, and this is what I think is what's right for the the community or the athletes or whatever." And then you make that decision. So yeah, like bro, gonna, what Brian's doing, kind of like what I mean. It's easy for Brian <laughs> to say he's got nothing on the line, right? It's not his company, it's not his money, it's not his. But but it needs to be someone who has a strong like, hey, this is the fucking way it's going to be. Exactly. And and even if you don't think it's best for you, it is best for you. I mean, because at the end of the day. Everyone's just looking for a strong leader to get us across the finish line and make it so we could do it again better next year. And better has nothing to do with really the athlete's happiness. They're going to do it anyway. I, I don't know about that. I think that you want to, I think that now more than ever, if you're CrossFit, you want to make sure that the athletes are bought into the system that you're rolling out. Because you just couldn't got, agree less. Do you couldn't well, agree less? Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't agree less. Yeah. I don't think they matter at all all it's like the ufc if there pops up another option that's more appealing to them then it matters quite a bit because if you lose yeah. the athletes then you're not going to have the interest well that might it, be a problem they have regardless that might be true and that's why i'm saying that they should have a, a thing that's uh, very appealing to the athletes that they're rolling out and i know that that's not the case i can guarantee you that any athlete who's going to the games is going to say 38 days between the first qualifiers and the last qualifiers is a joke Right. But it wouldn't it wouldn't matter if everything else was 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 chugging along. It would let me, matter let me less. just explain to you how it would matter it less. Let me let me if 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 you go to if you go to the games and you do well and you put on 300,000 Instagram followers as opposed to going to Wadapalooza or the Rogue and doing well and only putting 10,000 Instagram followers, you don't give a fuck about anything else if you're those guys. Like I, I'm, it's a pretty I'm, I'm I know I'm oversimplifying it a little bit, but that's what it comes down to. Well, I think it's as long as they retain the title, the fittest on earth as a copyrighted title that you win when you win the CrossFit Games and people still see it as a test of achieving who's the fittest on earth. Despite if some one athlete, a couple athletes, high level athletes disappear to another event, then it it's still so valuable that a lot of those things won't matter as much. Or yeah, I mean, I've, I've always maintained the contention that the name CrossFit, the name fittest on earth and those things will carry a lot of weight. But if a million dollar prize purse pops up for, you know, where everyone in the field is making a minimum of 20 grand and the winner's taking a million, I don't care. I don't think anyone's going to bet blink an eye. They're going to show up for that instead. You think like the, the fitness, like the, whatever that body is, that's trying to get into the Olympics. You think people start going there? Yeah. No. They've been around already for a while. They're, you know, there's, they're, they have chosen to go down a path that's a long road to hope, the IF3, and the pursuit of that. And they have some participation from some big names in the sport, but most of them are not uh, are not drawn by that right now. Look at this guy's name, Kaysen Song. Uh, he lives in Korea. Is the title – he took his wife's name. Uh, is the title copyrighted? The Spartan Games, use that. they use that title too. I know they have some fittest competition thing going on that, that uh, Sam Briggs – entered i don't know how she did i know uh, hunter mcintyre talked about it they already know who won i think it's the second year in a row they've done it do we know who won the first year that that event we're off subject okay uh 
what 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 are what are the, some of the biggest problems you're going to see happening that are, that are going to affect the games, Brian? As as we go down this, is it all travel again? Is it all just pandemic shit? No, I mean <clears throat> the big picture is you're still going to get a majority of the athletes who should be at the games to the games, and it's still going to be a good a good competition. But I think you'll miss out on on basically. I think that the you know the bottom five to ten in each division will be a a less impressive group of athletes than it could be in a different model. And I also think that you're going to get let less prepared versions of some of the athletes based on the time frame that they have to prepare, depending on when they have to do their semifinal or if they have to go through the last chance qualifier. And I, that's what I really don't want to see. I like, like you asked me about the time frame, and it makes sense to me five weeks to get to the semifinal stage, two months to prepare for it. Two, and then if we had two weeks to sort all the details out there and go from those 300 athletes to 40 in each division and then two months to prepare for the games, it just, it just makes it like, it's, it's nice. It's clean. And you know, that is in alignment by the way with CrossFit in general, when people are programming, et cetera, they like to have that 100%. consistency, the even numbers or the odd numbers or whatever. And I, I like I said, I, I know I'm not involved in all the backroom talks at CrossFit and, um, but from from sitting over here, that's something that just seems so easy, so obvious. Just like picking locations that are most likely going to be able to have live events instead of risking picking locations that we know have imposed limitations already and creating inconsistencies. You're just creating opportunities for people to complain instead of creating an environment in which everyone can say, no, you know what, this is the same for everyone, and I can see that they're trying their best to make it that way. And so, yeah, let's go with it. Especially really, in a year where they need to hit the home run. Right. If they and really in a year to, where we can't believe it, but we're still having these, you know, COVID response variabilities across the globe that are extreme, extreme. And what they should really do is uh, support me and uh, um, having as many athletes on as possible. What the, They're lucky that they don't have to, that I'm just going to go fucking crazy and interview fucking everyone who's going to the games this year who will come on. <laughs> but uh, they... Now the thing you, that I do you like, you should really, you should really pick me up and put me in the bus. I mean, you can't afford me now; it's too late. But you, you should have, because it's going to be suck because I'm going to be in the bus, but you guys didn't put me in the bus. It's going to be get weird. It's going to get really weird. Sorry, go ahead, Ryan. But and then I want to talk to you about Annie Thor's daughter and her team, not specifically like her, like, yeah, a bunch of stuff around her team, but but how the implications of that has for other teams also. Go ahead, Brian. Sorry, before we go to that, how long of a bus did that you want? It doesn't matter. They should have just picked me up. Instead, I fucking <laughs> snuck in through the fucking tailpipe. <laughs> and it's like it's going to get really weird for them when I'm fucking under the hood and in the engine. And it's just going to get it's just going to be weird. Like, you don't want a scumbag like me fucking like just like crawling around. You want to be like you want to have me in a cage. I'm fu- scumbag's a little harsh. I'm not a scumbag. I'm just uh, I'm 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 like a child. Like someone said the other day, you don't know how to have fun. I go, I know how to have fun. I love would just love to sit with like a thousand beer bottles and throw them against the wall and break them. That'd be awesome. That with a, I have safety goggles on because I'm old and mature, but um, what what's going on with Annie and that team? Um, at first I was like, Annie, what are you doing? You have a chance to win the games, and then part of me is like, No, no, this is kind of cool. She's going out like doing really, really well. We'll remember her as one of the best who ever. But um, these guys don't live in Iceland. Do do, do you have to all be in Iceland? We can, um, and this, so this is like the very, very first thing that you said at the start of this podcast, which the season is upon us. Technically, the season's been upon us for 10 days. 
at least as far as the teams are concerned. There's a section, it's 1.14 in the rule book that explains this, and it's pretty straightforward. And it was brought to my attention on the back of this announcement the other day that if you want to compete on a team this year at the CrossFit Games, you have to have established residency and prove that you have established residency by January 23rd, 2020, or excuse me, January 13th, 2022. Wait, and, and, and what does that mean, established residency? <clears throat> Um, they give specifications in the rule book that you have to be able to prove uh, that you have uh, either like an electric bill or a driver's okay. license there. Or um, here's here's some examples. Oh. That these are active. So they live within 100 miles of the affiliate. They list utility bill, driver's license, etc. as options. The athletes are active members of an affiliate. That means they have signed waivers, client management software, whiteboard pictures, social media posts that document that they are there and competing there. And finally, athletes are regularly training their tracking software, whatever. So they list specific things for this. But, and I have no idea why January 13th is, is such an uh, important date. I think it's totally a miss on CrossFit's part because, as you just mentioned, we're coming off the back of Wadapalooza. And anyone who's familiar with the CrossFit Games and or the CrossFit off-season events, and this is something that I think Dave was missing on for all his years. And I think that a lot of people at CrossFit HQ also are missing on is that they weren't ever paying attention to the off season. They were just focused on the game season. And I, and I'm not saying that they should have been totally invested in it in the way that I might be, but being aware of what's going on around you is probably an important thing to do if you're managing the season in which these things also kind of exist. And so you should know that as CrossFit, that a lot of athletes are going to go to Miami to be at Wadapalooza, either on a team as an individual, or like we saw with dozens of high-level games athletes this year, for sponsorship opportunities, fan engagement opportunities, et cetera. And because of that, what I would have done is assumed, especially in a year where all the travel around the world is still more difficult than it's ever been, that a lot of athletes would have Guadalupe as the last event on their off-season calendar, whether they're competing or not, and then make their move to wherever they want to be and settle in for the rest of the season. So if it were me and I was going to impose any kind of deadline like this, I would have just made it February 1st. That way you have 10 days on the back of Wadapalooza to go wherever you want to do, get everything lined up. It's still 24 days before the open starts, and you have no complications like this. Wait, what January. was the date you would have used? What day? February 1st. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Can can you, while Brian's talking, can you open up like uh, uh, Tola's uh, Instagram? I want to see something. This isn't, by the way, this isn't an attack on these guys in specific. I, I, I think I like all these guys. I mean, I, like the little bit I know. No, and, if, and I what I'm saying is if this rule of January 13th, that to me, again, without having the back side information, seems completely arbitrary and also misguided based on what the, the layout of the offseason competition schedule is for CrossFitters, uh, ends up preventing them from being able to compete, then I'm, I mean, it, it's just a, a total miss by CrossFit again. Um, let me, so click, click on that one with his fingers up the piece, the piece symbols, and that's posted on December. Oh, okay. So we don't know. So, and where is this? This is in Dubai. So we don't know. We don't We don't, this guy, for all we know, this go, let me say his name, right? It's possible that they all went to Iceland at some point between yeah. then of Dubai and Wadapalooza and established residency and checked all the boxes. I don't know that to be true or not true. Right. I don't care if it's true or not true. Right, I'm, I'm not talking about this team in this regard, and I'm not talking right. about any other teams that are struggling or not struggling with this. What I'm talking about is CrossFit imposing an arbitrary date of January 13th 
that's 10, basically a few days before the biggest off-season event. And by biggest, I mean the most people are going to be in attendance there in a year where travel is very difficult already, instead of just recognizing that and making the date a few weeks later. That And I don't think it's, it's not relevant at all. January 13th, why is that important? <clears throat> they did move to Iceland. Joshua Beaton. <clears throat> did you, Teddy Williams said that that's the day that open registration started. Fine. Great. Why? <laughs> Why does it need to start it then? I think that, I think in fact, maybe that they started it on January 13th because they knew that Wadapalooza was going to happen and that they could promote it in an event that was going to be viewed by hundreds of thousands of people. And if that's the case, then the awareness that it is actually exists there should be also applied to this thing about the teams, in my opinion. And and just because open registration is January 13th, I don't think that it's uh, inappropriate for teams to make permanent moves for the season after the last major off-season event. I mean, that's just logical. Like Rick, well, Ricky Garrard, Ricky, Ricky Garrard, for example. At all. Think about Ricky Garrard, for example. Yeah. Let's say that Ricky wanted to come to Vegas to compete on a team, one of Justin Kotler's teams this year, and he wanted to move his whole life over there. Which he did. Which he was planning to do that. He was going to go to Dubai, go to Miami, and then go settle in for the season. He ended up making a different decision to go home and do that. But that makes so much logical sense for him. And what doesn't make any sense at all is to go to Dubai and then fly to Vegas and then fly to Miami, and then make all these extra trips in between. I think it was a choice to advertise at Wadapalooza because they advertised the Open at least 200 times during the event. So You heard it over the intercom, too. <laughs> hey, they could have moved it up, too, Brian. What? They could have made the rules more stringent. They could have said by December 1st. Sure. It is a weird. It is a weird day to choose, which is, it was the start of Wadapalooza. Basically, yeah, it's just such a weird day to choose a month before that so people can get their shit together, or choose a week after that so people have time to fly to their new spot. And a month after that would have been February first, let's say a, a, a week after that. Interesting. Okay, these are these are well, once again. Let me go back to this thing. Um, uh, Brian will not be satisfied. He's sounding like Sevon. Oh, easy, easy, buddy. Dan, your mom. I never said anything about your mom not satisfying me. It was fantastic. It was beyond my expectations. Um, that's the shit that gets me in trouble with my mom. Darn it. Sorry, mom. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I. It, but every show needs one of those. Um. I still think it's a lot to ask. I, 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 you had a great response last time. I still think it's a lot to ask for these kind of changes and this kind of thinking when, when there's basically probably just a massive power vacuum. I'm assuming that Justin is really trying to live up to the role as being a leader. I'm assuring that there's a lot of people who – it's shaky ground. I don't, I don't want to say anything because I, 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 I actually don't want to be a bitch. I don't want to like – I've dropped enough fucking bombs on, on these guys. I don't, I don't want to, even though I know stuff, I don't want to just start spouting it, but change is hard. Change is really, really, really hard. But Brian also said that it's a really great point. Like if you're going to, um, if you're going to get rid of Dave, like, like, you know, here's the thing, making an announcement like that, you know, that it's going to cause division. Some people are going to like it. Some people are going to hate it. Some people are going to be vocal about it. Some people will make their silent stance by not registering for the open, whatever. 
And on the back, something that's a that's a divisive announcement. You should have something that's a, that brings people together. So I think that it would have been a good, you know, first of all, I don't, I don't know why they chose to do it at that time. I think that it would have made a lot more sense if they were going to do it, to do it in September, maybe September 1st, a month after the games, let everything settle, make that announcement. Now you have six months before the open. You guys know how things are. People get in all up in arms about the election. Six months later, everyone's just living with it because whatever, what else are you going to do? We would have been well past this by now, but to announce it so close to the start of the season and right between Dubai and Wadapalooza, when everyone's kind of already paying attention and getting bought, bought back into what's going on, and then not to have anything on the back end of it that was something that everyone could rally around and say, well, like it or not, Dave's gone, but at least this is something else that they've given us that's something to look forward to. And that's what I would have done, regardless of timing. Um, will you pull up the um, uh, the semifinals again? Brian, is there anything else here that stands out at you that's just like, is there anything else you want to say about these actual locations and these events? Is like anything that glaring, the the two, the unknowns make me uncomfortable, but like, who the fuck am I? Like, what do I care? Like, I'm sure they're going to, they're going to find spots for them. Or, or, or let me, let me ask you that. Do you have predictions for these spots? This, this North American semifinal, where's, where does O'Keefe leaving Wadapalooza? How, how does that affect any of this shit? What's Wadapalooza going to do now? Or like, so so no sorry not Wadapalooza. So loud and live, I picture is this this giant this company right? I think they're out of South America. I think I met the owner Colombia or something like that. I met him, hand, tall handsome guy, Marco. And um and they have different you know you know the pistachio festival, fucking uh, Guns and Roses. They like they do different whatever. Lots you know? of events, lots of lots events, of lots of different kinds. Loud and live sport is a branch under Loud and Live. Thank you. And and Matt O'Keefe ran that, and th- underneath um, that Loud and Life Sports was the Granite Games, Wadapalooza, and the California Classic or West Coast Classic. What happens to those? Do we know? No, uh, are I those gone now, or has has he been replaced? Those these are all good questions that I don't necessarily have the answers to. I don't know that Loud and Life has necessarily made the hiring process or redistribution of responsibility decisions on the back end of him leaving. But I, I do think that the West Coast Classic and Granite Games, Granite Games were originally supposed to be part of the semifinal season this year, and that CrossFit was planning to make this announcement a little bit earlier in this week than they actually did, including those competitions. Then they, and then when they found out that O'Keefe was going to be leaving Loud and Live, they, you know, he's um, a huge part of running those competitions. And I should say also it's not easy to run those competitions and all of the people that are doing that, regardless of if they're um, whatever country they're in or whatever the season ends up looking like, it's a big undertaking to do it and to do it well, especially in this, in this um, environment where CrossFit's not mandating a uniform programming or a uniform four layout or a uniform scoring system. So there's a lot of, not even the scoring systems uniform. None of that's uniform. No. How about the number of events? Not uniform. So but a if lot you of- fucked up, they would do something crazy. Like you'd be done. Like if you, like if you went there and it was like burpee event one, burpee competition event two, max pull ups event three, max deadlift. Like they'd be like, "Yo, you're fucked." So up. there's, I think there is a process where you have to submit. I know that at the semifinal stage, you have to have the full, the final submitted workouts a week ahead of time, and okay. I think that there's certain things that must be met. Like there's, okay. you have to have, you have to 
like you might be very vague. I don't really know, but you might have to have a chipper. You might have to test heavy. Okay. You might have to have okay. at least five gymnastics movements. That sounds familiar. Like that. that sounds familiar. So that might be out there. So I think there are some parameters around it, but certainly based on what we saw last year, there's a lot of room for interpretation and variability. Anyway, I think that on the back of, of finding out about O'Keefe, they were not committed to those events yet. So there might still be the possibility that we see West Coast Classic and Granite Games or one of, one of them pop up and fill in one of these spots. Um, I think those are gone. I have no evidence of that. Well, I have no there's, evidence there's, of that. They're two very different competitions. So the Granite Games, first of all, has been around for almost 10 years. And in terms of scope and scale, it's usually almost as big as Wadapalooza. We didn't see that last year because of uh, But it was O'Keefe's event, right? For a long time, it wasn't, but Who's now was it, it was. Whose was it? I think the guy's name was um, John. I'm sure someone will know. And he was a uh, you know, Minnesota local, and he ran that event very well, and he had a really good team around him. And there's actually, if you go search on YouTube, you can find some good documentation of the work that those guys have done over the years. And the Granite Games was a very, very popular, popular event. Um, so that's, and I mean popular community event, not just at the elite level. So Kayla, I think that the sorry, Granite sorry, Games. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Some guy wants to say something nice to me. Kayla Harrison interview the other day was so good. Thank you, Gregory. I'm very comfortable in very uncomfortable situations. Yeah, John Swanson. <clears throat> Thanks, Blair and Elia, Chris. Um, yeah, so he he and his team had run Granite Games really well for a really long time. So that event may exist going forward because it's always existed going backwards, even not when it wasn't part of the CrossFit game season in any way. The West Coast Classic is a much newer event. I think that they had big hopes for it to be a, an inclusive community event in addition to an elite competition, but that didn't happen in 2020. Please but, don't use that word on my podcast. Thank you. Which? Uh, inclusive. But all I mean by that is that they wanted to have more divisions than just the elite division. I'm triggered. I'm triggered. <laughs> I think if you go go back to a episode on Tuesday night, it was called Anti-Dave Castro and listen to the first 20 minutes. You can have some therapy surrounding those triggers, Seba. Thank you. I'm untriggered. I'm untriggered. <laughs> um, and then the West Coast Classic was only an elite competition this year, the only time it's ever existed. So if one of those was going to disappear, I would think it would be West Coast Classic and not Granite Games. What if what if O'Keefe was really fired and that his boss gave him the same option that Rosa gave Dave? Hey, do you want to leave on mutual terms? And where Dave goes, eat a dick. I, I ain't leaving. on like We're not leaving on mutual terms. And O'Keefe was like, yes, we will leave on mutual terms. Peace and love. You cannot confirm or deny. I mean, just possibilities. I'm just exploring. I mean, I don't think so. I didn't just think exploring. there was a question in there. I was just letting you, you know, entertain your mind. Yeah. <laughs> you. Hey, Paul, the only reason why I brought up brought this sheet back up is because of what you posted before. Like, okay, I'll dig around in these semifinals. Sure, I'll dig around. So, so we don't know. If you had to guess, are those really – if you see um, North America May 20th to the 22nd, do you, are, would you be like, yeah, that's probably going to be the Granite Games. They just haven't – not sure. They haven't solidified the contract yet. And you look at June 3rd to 5th, and you're like, yes, that's West Coast Classic. They just haven't solidified yet. Do you think you know what those two are? Are you just not going to say it yet? No, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> really? There's not, two, there's not two events from the past that you're like, hey, those are going to fill those spots? It's pretty tough, and you know I don't know what. Do you the, think CrossFit would would have them? Sorry, 
just keep stepping on that. Like none of these are run by CrossFit. None of these are like regional style where HQ takes on. They full partner all the events partner with CrossFit, but they don't. But CrossFit is not involved in running them. Correct. Yeah, I know what that means. That means Johnny Mac goes there and just fucking gets drunk. What? Yeah. What? Um, <laughs> what? That means they pay a they pay a fee to be a part of the season. Yeah, I, and by the way, Johnny Mac does not go there and get drunk. By the way, he's like, he might even be a robot. He might not. His circuitry may not even allow drinking. Um. Uh. <laughs> Could they do one there? Could they? Could they? Could they be like, okay, we're going to take these back, and have CrossFit run the events? Yeah, old school. That hey, that would address. That would be like a big fuck you, Brian. We are doing something big without Dave. We're going back to where we have them. I've never asked an athlete, hey, do you think? Did you? Do you miss the regionals? And they say, no, I'm glad they're gone. Across the board, they all say, yeah, I fucking loved that shit. Right, and more or less, you know, that's what. Uh, that's what the regionals I'm, were dope. If you've never been to the Del Mar regional, you 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 missed out. Yeah, and part of the appeal of them, especially in the later years, and I mentioned it just briefly earlier, was that the floor layout was easy to follow the action. They've made this a big priority in his competitions toward, you know, probably from well, he, the evolution of it is clear. If you we talk Tommy and I wrote articles that talk about this, and if you just watch some of the different ways that the regional floors changed just from 2011 to 2012 to 2013, just in those three years alone, it was like massive steps each year and then just refining it from there. But basically by some examples, you're talking about like the markers, the cone, give us some examples of that. for people who don't know these newbies, it's like a landscape versus a portrait layout for printing something. So the wide one is not very good for telling the story because it's hard to capture everything that's going on and you don't give the athletes opportunity to move down the floor and delineate where they are relative to the rest of the competition. The long floor layout allows for you to tell a story heat after heat, event after, you know, event by event. And whether you're watching live or online, or if you're the, the cameras that have to capture it, you can actually see a great example of this is, is at the games was the two, 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 three intervals. This is like the perfect, and it was actually on the men's side where like the barbells end up making a V and you could clearly see who was in the lead, who was second, third, fourth, fifth, and how far behind everyone was round by round. So I would say that was like a pinnacle example of the evolution that they've refined and, and mastered over the years of programming events on floors that allowed for a progression and a story to be told throughout whatever, however long the event was. I like what you said, delineation. And they, they use the, what are those things called? The chess pieces? What are those pieces? Yeah, there's a variety of different ways you could do it. You could move chess pieces down the floor. Sometimes they hit, he's, you know, print giant rubber mats that would say three, six, nine, 12, 15. So you know how many reps are being done in every, at every area. I want to talk about the judging at Wadapalooza? No, I'm joking. We're not <laughs> opening that up. Uh, um, I will say this about the judging at Wadapalooza yeah. because we already mentioned it surrounding semifinals. So semi and I, semifinals, as I understand it, you have to have the workouts submitted a week ahead of time. Every major high-level competition should hold themselves to that standard because if you're allowing yourself the freedom to change and manipulate workouts all the way up until the night before or the morning of competitions, that means that as those are changing, then you have to go communicate either new information or information very late on to a variety of judges from around the world with potentially different accents and abilities to understand also to a variety of different athletes and coaches who may or may not be able to see the floor that they have to then go execute this stuff on. So if you have everything's finalized a week beforehand, then you can write it, translate it, communicate it to all those different people in a more effective and meaningful way so that everyone from the judges to the athletes to the coaches can be more prepared and can all get back to the big thing that I want to see in the sport 
is the athletes with the opportunity to express their fitness in an optimal environment. Fairness. You believe in fairness. And the games is different because we know at the games that they're going to test different things that can't really be tested in, in those other environments. But up to that point, you, you just have to say it that way somehow. No, you're right. That wasn't fair. Actually, I, I retracted that. After I said that, I was like, you know what? It's actually more important than fairness. The impl- I never even thought about that as much like that as before. The implications of changing the events are huge. Yeah, massive. And you should also, I think you should, as an event organizer, you should have three different workouts written for every workout. The optimal one if everything is in, a, in you know, copacetic, Ooh. and then a backup one and a backup one. So that if you have to make those last second changes, you have other options available. Oh, shit. Okay, this is not a dig at water, please, by the way. I really enjoyed it. This is not a fucking dig at them. I was just fucking around when I said, do you want to talk about judging? I can't think of, the only thing I could think of, I heard about the judging that was uh, got squirrely was with the with the swim. But but we saw even crazier shit at uh, Dubai too. Remember when the girls went the wrong way? But um, you're when you when you do an event in some place like Madison or Miami, where it's notorious for just water to pour in any outdoor event. Fuck it. You what's the backup plan if it rains? That should be in there. So like they shouldn't have had all the athletes out there at that point asking them what do you guys want to do. They should have known that if it rained, they're switching to burpees. Yeah. And, and any any workout that you have programmed with a machine, oh, my God, we have this many air runners, but three of them aren't working. What are we going to do? Are why does sh- it have to be secretly vaccinated? Why, why do I have to be secret? Why can't I just be vaccinated? Why do I have to be secretly vaccinated? I've never seen people so excited to share their medical information with the world before. I'm secretly seeing your mom, Darren. Don't tell your dad. That's unnecessary. Two mom jokes in one show? That one is okay, I think. All right. Uh, It seems like Brian is interviewing here for Dave's job. I mean, yeah, cock cutter. I mean, that's maybe. maybe, (laughs) You forgot a letter there. Whatever. (laughs) I mean, he's got swords. That guy does uh, circumcisions uh, for free. Just yeah. uh, I think I met him when I was born. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't. I know that guy. Oh my god, you do? (laughs) Yeah, we're very close. The clock, the the cock cutter. Hey, how's the Instagram account coming? Will it's 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 cruising, huh? Yeah, really cool. It's going well. Love Instagram. Good company, great owner. Brian, do you want to talk about anything fun? You're not having fun. No, I'm actually having fun. I love just. I, this is cool. Um, but do you want to talk about like, are, like, like is Fikowski go? You want to talk about Fikowski? I, 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 I heard Fikowski was going to Mayhem, and then someone sent me a link to a post he made, like saying in a story, like, "Hey, I don't know how these rumors started. I'm happy with," and he said the two guys that he's in bed with. Um, but I heard it from a reliable source, which, which is weird. Just some dude I met on the beach. But <laughs> but the guy works for a supplement company, so it's just weird. Um, I don't know anything about that. You don't know anything about that. Okay, and what about um, – what Mayhem athletes do you know that are new? I don't, I'm not sure that are new that are un, – un, I don't know if there are any that are new that are unknown. Let's make the list of all the Mayhem athletes. <laughs> What a couple more sheets of paper? There's a lot of them. There's a, Let, there are a lot. Rich Haley. How about Delugos? Is he a Mayhem athlete? No. I why, are we, why are we doing this? 
Okay, fine. We don't have to. It's your, it's your Cara. Show. We'll do whatever you want. Cara is a mayhem <laughs> that's athlete. The, that's the most recent, like, very big news. Yeah. But that's like a month old. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Um, I was a judge at Flagler. I think it's two Fs. Not that I care. Sorry, I wish I wouldn't have said that. I was a judge at Flagler on Wadapalooza. And was a whole mess for all the changes at the moment. Well, yeah. Has to be a mess, kind of, right? <laughs> I don't know. Is that? What the fuck is that? What is that? I just heard a couple podcasts ago. You serve in air. Oh, is that for you, Caleb? Sure. <laughs> no, he doesn't get to talk. He's just, you just look at him. What What does Jake want you to share? Like. The secrets, responsibilities, or yeah, the codes. Um, have we? So, so th- th- is there anything else that's that's striking in these announcements to you that you'd like to um, talk about? That you're just like, hey, this is this is good, this is bad. These are some changes that need to be made. I think that the the last thing is, you know, it's it's kind of weird to announce the semifinal schedule and have a couple of unannounced events in there, and so I. You know, locations, locations, locations. Yeah. And so personally, especially as uh, an organization who's already said that you want to be more uh, upfront in your communication, I think you either should have said, we've had some changes to the semifinal season. So we're going to delay the announcement by two weeks, or we've had some things happen recently that have forced us to reconsider the final two locations. And so even we're going to announce the events that we know, and there's two that we're still working on. But there was nothing like that. It was just like, here they are, and there's still two question marks on the on the map, and there's no explanation given as to why. And, and and part of me wants to be like, who cares? Chill out. But they do stand out like sore thumbs. It's like all I look at as a, as a fan. Again, it's, a, it's the same as the Dave thing. It's like you know that by announcing that as unannounced that people are going to be critical of it. People are going to ask questions of it. People are going to want to know things. It's, a, it's You're like inviting criticism. Hey, it's like it reminds me of when CrossFit when I worked there and they had I was running the media department there and the CEO told us to turn off Facebook and Instagram. I, I sometime I have to tell that story. I tell like the 45 minute version. It was like <laughs> What do you mean turn it off? <laughs> like dude, you're a you're a fucking professor, a PhD in philosophy from the University of Washington. What do you mean turn off Facebook and Instagram? Like suspend the accounts, don't post. You mean delete the the everything? Oh man, can you imagine? They sold the company with like no Instagram followers. Can you imagine how much more leverage they would have had? Imagine if when all that we had no we had no communication to the outside world. We had fired the whole media team when Floyd nineteen happened. We had no ability like to communicate. <laughs> Just nuts. I, I think it's, like, it's interesting because I think that like what you're talking about with the unannounced events is this is what people in their mind think of when they think of unprofessional is throwing up two unannounced events and not, but what would be professional? That's not the matter of unprofessional professional. What would be professional is you like what Brian's saying. So what you have two unannounced events, but you say, Hey, these are changes that were made recently that we don't have answers for yet, but there was just, they threw them up with a graphic and said nothing. That's the difference. But when people think, Oh, the games are going to be more professional now. I don't think announcing two unannounced events with no explanation is what they're thinking of when they think of professional. 
it takes away from the legitimacy of the sport a little bit. Just like we still haven't figured this out. We, like, we can't find two. We, <laughs> yeah, literally. Like we can't find two gym owners somewhere who have games athletes who could program this or like old games athletes. I don't know. <sighs> I'm not getting on PDs. I'm not doing anything. I'm not. I've been taking a bunch of creatine. That same jar you've been taking for the past two years? Yeah, for 10 years. Well, I just I have had the jar for 10 years. I just started taking it. Seven, again. What's that white bag on your on the side of you there? Oh, this is the coffee I'm drinking today. I kind of want a second cup already. It's 7.30 at night here. I'm actually going to make more. Page Street Coffee. It's out of New Jersey. The guy roasted himself. He's a cool dude. I spent an hour talking to him on the phone. Oh, no, not Page Street. <laughs> Paper Street. I can't even read. Maybe that's why we don't have any sponsors. Your trifocals aren't working. Yeah. Hey, there was a. There was a. Are, are you done, Brian? I think so. Okay. I want to see. I want to see one thing here, real quick, though. It's pretty. It's um. It's, it was a nasty comment I read about me. Okay, three minutes. Okay. Uh. We're gonna spend three minutes trying to find the comment. Wait, can Brian? Can Brian give us a? His thoughts on the more overview thoughts on Annie's team and what that means to the team competition. Oh, it, uh, in terms of in terms of the team competition, um, Annie making that announcement, I think is just the first domino of many teams that are are we'll we'll find out about that will be uh, pretty good this year. And <clears throat> I don't know, I don't know if anyone will be able to take down uh, Mayhem Freedom's team, but. I think that there's going to be a, like probably pushing towards 10 to 15 teams that end up making the games this year that are very, very good. And actually a lot of those athletes that will be on those teams were competing in Wadapalooza in the teams of three format. Was there anything you think contributing to a shift? To see towards the team? Yeah. No, I mean, um, I got to, I, uh, in the article I wrote about Annie's team, you know, she was, this is something that I think she's been excited to do. She's actually competed in team competitions before she did the, uh, you know, rogue team black with Josh Bridges, Katrin and rich 2016. She's competed with Katrin on a two person team at butcher's classic and they've won. I think she even competed at the East coast classic, like 10 years ago on a team. So she's always had like been dabbling a little bit in the team arena. Um, and then everyone else on the team has team experience. Uh, so it's not like a totally outside of the uh, realm of expectation for them to compete on a team. And some of them have done pretty well in a team format before Lauren Fisher's podium with the team. Tola's got a couple round 10th place finishes at the games. Um, so I think it's, uh, I think it's a, a legitimate podium threat this season in the team competition. And there will be some others that will, that we'll find out about uh, as the season unfolds that you know about already. Yeah, I'm not sure. There's a couple that I've heard, like some athletes have teased to me to just wait and see, wait and see, whatever. I don't know if they'll be as good as this one or not, but there are a couple others that will be good and will definitely make like, you know, top 10 um, games runs. Well, then I want to say something to you guys about this upcoming week. Just wait and see. (laughs) Just you fucking wait and see. All right, guys. Thank you very much. Um, 
I'm not going to go over the schedule for next week. I got a pack, doing a little shaking and moving, moving my podcast location for a few days. Uh, Caleb, thank you. Air Force guy. Will Brandstetter, thank you. Brian Friend, thank you. Good luck to everyone. Tomorrow's Monday.